Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazdy Lambray, joined as always by my brother, my partner, Nando Vila, with his books. He's so smart. He's so beautiful. That's Don't right, we yeah. just hate him, people? You gotta have the books. Books, joined check as them always, out. As always, by Rob Lopez on the ones and threes, keeping the trains running on time. On today's show, Barack Obama finally comes out of the closet. <laughs> no, not that closet, you little pervs, you filthy animals. A different <laughs> closet. We're going to get into an interview that he gave on his massive, expansive, ridiculous book tour. It's like... It's never ending. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, again, we we need to catch you guys up on the stimulus. Uh, Bernie Sanders has obviously, because it's Bernie, he came out and addressed the elephant in the room, which is that Mitch McConnell's, not even Mitch McConnell, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Manchin and his bipartisan stimulus package is hogwash. It doesn't do shit for working people. Um, so he's proposed something different. We'll get into that. There's a mass worker strike in the country of India, um, 
probably the world record <clears throat> for yeah. as far as number of people to go on strike at once. We're going to get into that and the implications of that and what all of that means. But first, I I, I don't know if it's that the 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 um the, the the campaign has now gone into transition mode, Nando, and yeah. they're filling out cabinets, or if it's that we just remodeled the kitchen. But another week of cabinet talk, Nando. Yeah. More cabinet talk. Uh, David Dan, who does a great job, just generally speaking, like that. Yeah. You know, he's a really good reporter. Like he did, he does the work. Yeah. Um. So I I got respect for what he does. He wrote a piece in the American Prospect about the process by which. Joe Biden is filling out his cabinet. And <laughs> I got to say, Nando, just reading it was so deeply satisfying. <laughs> it, it was like it, written for this show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like, it's obviously we, we, want, we want him to fill out his cabinet with competent people who are going to do the work for the people who need it the most, right? Like that would be our dream. So on... In that sense, obviously, we're saddened by the process that Biden and his freaking team are going by um, filling out these positions. But on the other hand, as soon like from the beginning of Biden's campaign to when he um, ultimately won the primary to throughout the presidential campaign when it looked like he was going to win and he finally wins. We talked about, look, um, Biden is as establishment, as corporate, a Democrat as you are going to find in the party. Like in yeah. that sense, he is in the right wing of the democratic party. Like yeah, there's oh, no, yeah. there's no other way. He's not a moderate in any way. Mm. Obviously he's not AOC or Bernie, but again, he's not even a Sherrod Brown. He's not even a, no. you know, a Elizabeth Warren who we're not going to get into today. Um, <laughs> he's straight up a right winger. He's a right wing Democrat. And yeah. how we know this Nando is um you know David Dane does he does a masterful job of laying out the people who their backers are and the complications that arise when Joe Biden has come out and done this whole like muscular I'm the king of diversity you're yeah. never going to see more women or gays or blacks yeah. or mexicans I'm the king of the diverse guys, right? And he comes out and does that. But you and I both know, because we talk about it every single week yeah. on the show, that he is beholden to the power structure of American business. There's no two ways about that. And how Dayan um, goes about basically illustrating this is through the, the, the curious case of Representative Marsha Fudge, a Democrat from Ohio, She's been working with the um, Biden campaign that she's she's backed by, of course, the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, she is black. She, it's a, it's she the important is black. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's important to note she's black. Yeah. She campaigned on um, to work at USDA to work to become the agriculture secretary, essentially, yeah. because she's been working on the agriculture committee within the House for 12 years now. She feels very... She feels like that's her lane. She knows a lot about the issues. She feels like she can go in there and help. Um, of course, Biden <laughs> Biden had other plans in mind, Nando. He wanted to get Heidi Heitkamp in there, who has who is so deeply in the pocket of big agriculture, which is, you know, the conglomerates that are in charge of the seed industry. Uh, big dairy, 
and meat processing. So, of course, Biden said, no, no, I mean, I'm just going to get a woman who is beholden to the corporate class of this yeah. That that this department would oversee, duh, it's woke. Yeah, she's a woman. Yeah. This is diverse, woman. duh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and so the you know people people got pissed. The Congressional Black Caucus got pissed, of course, and they're like, "We backed you." And you know, part of the problem is politics here, Nano, and that like the Congressional Black Caucus is like, we want a, a freaking scalp, right? Essentially, like not a scalp, but we want a trophy. We we help get you elected. You need to put this person in your cabinet. All right, well, we can't put her in um, USDA. How about we just give her HUD? Fuck it. She doesn't know shit about housing. Yeah. Um, just she, give her HUD. She, shut, she, her, she, shut her the she fuck up. She has nothing to do with this. Shut her the fuck up. Shut the Congressional Black Caucus up. Let's throw her to HUD. Um, and, the re- and this is problematic on like... Oh, and before I continue, uh, the guy who ultimately gets the job is Tim Valsack. He was Obama's agriculture secretary, but in the intervening years, of he's course, a white guy. Uh, well, the funny part also is that he's a he's white a guy. He's a white guy, <laughs> sure. But in the intervening years, of course, the last four years, what was his job? He lobbied the government on behalf of Big Dairy. So it's like it's yeah. just fucking it's perfect. perfect. It's perfect, yeah. Nando. Yeah, Marsha Fudge, you know, she really wanted uh, the agricultural secretary job because, like you said, she had experience in it as, as part of the Agriculture Committee in Congress, but also because the agricultural secretary is the person who, for whatever reason, uh, oversees the implementation of SNAP, which yep. is food mm-hmm. stamps, yep. as, we, as, as we understand them colloquially. And, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously an issue that she, she knows a lot about. It's very near to her heart. Mm-hmm. She thinks that there's a lot there's a lot that can be done mm-hmm. within the existing policy framework to improve uh, a program like food stamps, which is crucial and one of the few <laughs> small pittances that working class people and, and the poor get uh, in this country, and which which a lot of people like actually absolutely rely on. This is a, we're in a situation right now where 50 million Americans go hungry uh, every year. You know, it's it's a it's an outrage, and food stamps and without food stamps, that number would be. You know, probably a hundred million. It's 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 crazy to imagine. So, she really wanted the job. She's qualified for the job, but she's not beholden to big agriculture. And 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 um, you know, this was something that for whatever reason, the Biden administration felt was important to cater to to big agriculture. Which I don't even understand why, because <laughs> Democrats basically get killed in rural areas in rural states like. If there was ever a time to just like say fuck it, let's just let's just go let's just go uh, in another direction, um, it would be now, you know. The, and there's there's all this talk, and and Dayan points this out in the article. There's all this talk about like frustration with people, poor rural people who vote Republicans, saying like why would they vote against their interests? It's like the Democrats have overseen the monopolization of uh, farming in this country by a handful of like large multi. Uh, like national agricultural corporations um, as much as any other party like that. And that has destroyed the rural people's way of life in this country. So, and hold on before you go on, cause I think people who are listening to this, our liberal friends who might be listening to this would be like, well, the Republicans aren't doing much better on the corporate side and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. 
but they're actually courting their vote in other ways. Yeah. They're not calling them hayseeds. They're yeah. not pretending to be these cosmopolitan, fancy, foofy, foofy people. They kiss their asses. They tell them, you're America. You're the backbone. You're the realest American that exists. They kiss their ass on the back end. Yes, they do fuck them and yeah. their financial interests. But on the back end, they're calling them the salt of the earth, the um, heartlanders, uh, all of this. All they do is they cater to these people all day, On culture every day. issues, right? On culture issues. So the Dems aren't giving them offer shit. Offer them nothing, yeah. Economically. Yeah. And obviously don't offer them shit culturally. And again, this is the point that we try to make on this shit. Um, week in and week out, again, people can say, well, those people are just so dumb. They're going to vote against their interests. It's like this smug judgment that liberals have for for um, rural type of people. Like, they're so simple, back-minded. You know, they're fucking their cousins and shit, so yeah. they're idiots. <laughs> um, they can't know any better about who to vote for. Meanwhile, it's like, bro, like, look at the Dems. Look at the hypocrisy yeah. of everything they do and claim to stand for. Like, Joe Biden just straight up was like, Let's throw Heidi Heitkamp in there because we need the agriculture industry needs a seat at the table yeah. in my administration. It, it, it's, 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 it's lunacy. Yeah. And then because they, you know, like it's, and it's this crazy kind of thing about diversity kind of, it's the sickest <laughs> version of the, I mean, I, you know, I, we all support kind of, of more diverse, you know, all this stuff. But like what, it, what's happening is this crazy thing where they're just trying to find the diverse person to carry water for corporate interests. And, and they're kind of tying themselves in knots, uh, trying to do it. So they throw Marsha Fudge into HUD, which is a, a, a department that she has actively said in public on the record that she does not feel qualified and does not want to, to be <laughs> the head of, of HUD, you know? And Biden's like, well, you can't get the agriculture secretary because we need to cater to big ag for whatever reason. Uh, we'll throw you HUD. It's like, but I don't know anything about HUD. I don't know anything about housing and uh, the policy of housing and urban development. They, they, you know, there's the example of, of Julian Castro, who was also a, a mayor, um, and we all know he ran for president. He was Obama's secretary of of HUD and he didn't know shit about HUD and he got in there and it took him like two years to basically just figure out like how to turn the lights on, you know, the basics yep. of housing policy. It's not easy in this country. It's complex and you need people with experience. Um, and, but they and, treat and these before you go on, Nando, I want to remind people that this was part, this was allegedly part of Biden's appeal. The right. idea that they would be filling out the cabinet with at, at the very least, they'd be competent. Ben Carson, who doesn't give a shit about housing, and doesn't, doesn't know anything shit, about it. Doesn't know anything about it. Is you know appointed to that position by by um by Trump. by President Trump. And there's this all this outrage amongst liberals about you know this is why it's important. We have to right. get Biden in there at all costs because this guy is putting people who aren't qualified. And it's like guys, when you make these arguments, they they're in bad faith. Like, this is why the Dems have no credibility, man. This is why you yeah. don't offer people the cultural shit. And the shit that you claim to be great at, you stink at it, bro. Yeah. You fucking stink at it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, and it's the, 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 the sort of minority caucuses, you know, like the sort of professional Latino class, the professional black political class and stuff like they fight for these representational uh, things That's in, all they fight for. in leadership positions. Um, but then even then they can't even, 
you know, it, it's it's like they're they're getting screwed over even on that front, you know, where they're just kind of like tossing them crumbs uh, to it's just it's such, such a dead end. It's such a dead end in so many ways. And like we're seeing what happened now with the um, with the secretary of defense, which is an incredibly important position, <laughs> literally running the freaking Pentagon, you know, running the U.S. Oh, war machine. Um, and they tried to get this woman in there, Michelle Flournoy, who is just like. Of my, like my god like a walking just just like a walking like she's a literal hawk like she has wings sticking out of her <laughs> out of the sides uh, and but she's know, a woman though Nando. but she's, she's a, woman, a woman and they're like whoa dude. but then progressive <laughs> activists were like yo we can't have this like just absolute warmonger running defense okay well, they're gonna block her okay we'll, we'll find a black guy they're not gonna be able to they're not gonna be able to say anything about the black guy they find a black guy this guy lloyd austin and it turns out and this is like what's so damaging about this kind of thing He's a general, like he and he was, and he was a general not that long ago. And then when he left, this is like beside the point. But when he left the military, he went on the board of Raytheon, which is one of the most evil companies in the world. But the important thing is that the Secretary of Defense, like we in this country, have in theory civilian control of the armed forces, right? Mm. That we have democratic oversight of the armed forces. That we, the people, control our military. That we have civilians um, in charge of them. At the top, it's the president as the commander in chief. But then in theory, the secretary of defense has to be a civilian. He should not be someone from the military. They made an exception under Trump to put Mattis in there. They had to like literally like make an exception in the laws uh, in Congress to be able to confirm Mattis as the de secretary of defense because he had not been away from the military long enough to run the department. And now they're going to have to do the same thing with this guy. So like that principle of just having a civilian running the, the, the Pentagon is just out the window now. We're just going to have generals running the Pentagon, which is something that's very dangerous, uh, you know, like in the long run. Like maybe, I'm not saying this guy's going to like implement a military coup or anything right. like that. But we're just, again, just slowly eroding the, um, the democratic foundations in this country um, to just more and more autocratic rule and less and less democracy. And this is just like a small example of it, but but an important one, you know, like that by using diversity as a sort of blanket uh, to hide the real fundamental issues, which is that this guy is a general and he's also on the board of friggin' Raytheon. So it's like the worst of both worlds. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's it's very frustrating and, and, and unbelievably depressing. And, and again, you know, <laughs> it's not to say I told you so, but like, it's it's obvious what they're trying to do. Like the reason why... The only reason to go out and scream to the mountaintops about we're going to be the most diverse captain in the history of the world <laughs> is because that's all you want people to talk about. Like, that's the only reason to scream that, right? Like, yeah. that's the only reason to, to lead with that because God knows you never lead with black people in their issues or brown people in their issues in any other meaningful sense. Like... Yeah. You never care about, like, the material needs of black and brown people, for real. They're just fucking no. human meat shields at this point for the exact same corporate establishment agenda that gets you creamed in elections and gets you fucking just, like, erodes the credibility of the party. Like, you know, I was listening to Hayes the other day. He had the lady who, in South Florida. I forget her name, man. She's a... Um, Debbie Mukasel Powell. Yes, and she lost um, in, in South Florida as a she Democrat. She kneecapped Bernie over the Castro comments. She was like the front line of that. 
Right. I and long. and she and she made a point. She was like, man, one of the only Democrats that ended up winning out here ran as an independent and then run as a Democrat. Yeah, like the that, mayor. What do you what the fuck do you think that means? That means the brand, the name Democrat has no credibility, bro. Like none whatsoever. And it's so obvious why. It's like, and again, you know, the funny thing is, Nando, as like political junkies and 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 especially you as like a professional political um <laughs> you know a lot of times we get to wag our fingers and and shake our heads at our normie friends when they when they talk about the I never the, du- the duopoly or when they talk about Democrats and Republicans are all the same and I'm just like yo you know it's a little bit more nuanced than that blah 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 but like it's kind of fucking true man at the very top at the yeah. tippy top, when it comes to Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, McConnell, um, you know, Paul they agree Ryan, on more no things than they, they disagree agree on. on everything, dude. On more things, they, 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 there are some disagreements, and they are meaningful. But they, but, but people would be shocked at how much they agree. Uh, like on- when you think about Paul Ryan, Joe Biden, Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Like th- th- that's a party like, in and in, of itself. In foreign policy, they more <laughs> they more or less agree on like a hundred percent. Like there is very very little daylight from the average Republican uh, elected official and the average Democrat elected official in foreign policy. Like that that is the one area where it's like it's almost like exactly the same. Um, yeah, the Democrats would like to do a little bit more social spending, but it's not a right. lot, and not they both lot, would like exactly. to cut. Um, they both want to cut Social Security and Medicare. <laughs> if they and could. they both <laughs> want the corporations to essentially do whatever it is they want in this country. No repercussions, no accountability. The only people who face accountability are normal people like you and I. Corporations can just, with impunity, they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Because again, like, I just don't understand, because there were, like, if if the sort of argument was being made that, say, you know, Big Dairy needs a seat at the table because... You know, they want to ensure that their workers, like, their wages stay the same and that they could pay the no, pensions no, no, forever no, no. and that their retirement no, no, fund no. could be there. Like, that's not what no. they're doing. That no. Those are not the interests they're protecting. No. They're protecting the interests of the fucking shareholders and board members, and that's it, bro. It's yeah. not some larger, wider constituency. Certainly not us, the consumer. Certainly not their workers. It's just the most powerful people in the company whose interests are being protected. Like, if, yeah. the, if the argument was being made like, nah, like, these guys, they need to have an open dialogue with the company because they take care of so many people and this shit matters. I would be like, you know what? I fucking hate corporations, but shit, man, these guys are paying out pensions. They are giving these guys respectable wages. Like, the, their people are able to live dignified lives. Fuck, man. You know, sure, the CEO's a prick and he's richer than he needs to be, but shit, man. Maybe they do need a seat at the table. That's not what's happening. <laughs> Waz, the one thing we do got to laugh at, though, is that remember Pete Buttigieg, our friend Pete oh, Buttigieg, yes, who yes. historically dropped out despite coming in for uh, second is, place in both is, Iowa and New Hampshire before is, Super Tuesday. No one's ever done that, uh, mostly because Barack Obama called him and told him, Pete. You're never going to have more leverage than you do right now in this moment. And, you know, if you want a future in Democratic Party politics, you'll drop out, do the right thing, support Joe Biden. He did that. He was expecting to get secretary of state. 
something like big like that. Um, <laughs> he got nothing. They offered him the Department of Veteran Affairs. He was like, no fucking way. I want that. Now they're going to offer him. Now it looks like they're offering him they the ambassadorship to, to China. China. They're going to send that motherfucker to China. China. Yeah. They're sending oh, him to man. China. Sweet, They're sweet. sending him to China. Get away. From, like, <laughs> these people don't realize, like, uh, <laughs> this is what, like, they thought that they were going to get something. They thought, like, right. Warren thought she was going to get a seat at the table, you know? No. Pete Buttigieg thought he was going to get a seat at the table. And that's not how that works, man. They're not going to give you a seat at the table. They don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. Um, and now they're gonna send you off to China. Is, is 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 carrying water for that um for Nira that, Tandon. Yeah, that Tandon lady who's so awful. Um so yeah, man, again, it's uh uh it's depressing. I would encourage all of you guys to read the um David Dan yeah. piece. It's extremely he, illuminating. He, 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 he writes a he writes a newsletter every morning called Sanitize, which I highly highly recommend to to really figure out if you ha- if you had one thing about American politics every day if you just like needed one little quick summary, um, I recommend David Dayen's Sanitized. Um, it really does he does a great job. Yeah, he's he's the, one of the best in the biz. So make sure you check that out. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know I've been through it. I've had problems at work, problems in relationships. Uh, you know, even problems as a parent. Sometimes you don't know where to turn to or who to talk to, particularly when you you don't want to talk to someone who knows you, who might have a bias or might hold what you're going to say against you. You want to talk to someone who's experienced and licensed and at the same time distant and removed from you. Better help is here to help. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. I know many of our listeners listen to us from other countries, whether it's Canada, Australia, somewhere in Europe, somewhere in Asia, or somewhere in Africa. Look. You guys can access this as well. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need it. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website. Read the testimonials. They're posted daily. For instance, this one from user NU after counseling with Denise Wall Marlin for two years on issues concerning depression, stress, anxiety, and self-esteem. Quote, I have found Denise to be an excellent counselor. She has broad experience in all techniques to get rid of anxiety and ruminating thoughts and always puts things in perspective for me. I recommend her 100%. Hell, I hear that one. I want to sign up with Denise because I know ruminating thoughts and anxiety is something I deal with all the time. So here's what you can do, and I'll do it too. Visit betterhelp.com slash B-O-M. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's a special offer going right now for our listeners here on BOMB. 
get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash B-O-M. That's betterhelp.com slash B-O-M. The mem- Yo, what was that committee back in Barry's day? It was like the team of six or the... The gang of six. The gang of six. <laughs> or the Earth, the Simpson Bowl, the Simpson yeah, Bowls the Simpson commission. Bowls, the Simpson yeah, the gang of six Bowls. was on immigration. Yes. Simpson Bowls. Simpson was, yeah. Bowls was like, oh man, Alan, Alan Simpson and Erskine Bowles, Bowles yep. a committee to get together a bipartisan agreement to cut social security. Right. <laughs> And, the and only good, yeah, maybe the only, one of the only, like, with Social Security and Medicare, like, the only really good American welfare programs um, that, that really sustain, basically, our seniors from, from basically dying in the street. Yep. Uh, yeah, they wanted to cut that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important, and I remember it because, you know, I remember reading a lot of Charles Pierce at the time, and he was the first person that I was reading that was like, yo, whenever you hear bipartisan and people are like celebrating bad, it. You already know yeah, it's bad. trash. Like that's yeah. automatically, you know, bipartisan. If Meet the Press loves it, if CBS loves it on their Sunday show, it's trash. If Politico loves it, you know it's trash. Like once you hear bipartisan, you know something trash is about to happen. Yeah. So of course, once I hear you know the Dems and the Republicans in the Senate. And then I see the first name is Joe Manchin and the next name is Mitt Romney, that they're going to come up with the stimulus bill that's going to save our lives. I automatically know it's going to be trash. And I read through it and I'm like, yeah, it's trash. And then Mitch McConnell's like, (laughs) you want to see trash? Let me take you to Staten Island really quickly. Um, And and just was was like, no, this is impossible. I, I I need corporate protection. Fuck six months. I want 18 months a corporate protection. I don't want my people getting blamed for forcing their workers to go back to work in a pandemic and their workers getting sick and dying and all of that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Bernie comes out with his own version of the bill. Of course, if there was any human, and this is the thing too, Nando, that um really pisses me off about the Dems. Like Bernie's not going to be able to peel off any um Republicans in order to pass a substantive bill, right? Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, McConnell's going to close ranks. Like, Bernie's not going to talk 10 Republicans into signing on to a bill with the Democrats and, you know, get something going for just just to be a human being, right? Like, just to not be a complete and utter monster. Um, It's not going to be able to happen. But I guarantee you, (laughs) if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd be Dems peeling off left yeah. and right, bro. Oh yeah, left and right. Yeah, I mean, and Bernie went on MSNBC this morning and basically, you know, made the eminently sane and reasonable point, which is somehow seen as unreasonable in this politics. That you know, there's always money when there's going to be a big corporate tax break, when there's going to be a giant defense spending bill. There's plenty of money, endless amounts of money. I mean, we've talked about here the corporate uh, funding cannon that the Fed uh, pulled out last summer during the CARES Act. I mean, there's just plenty of money to go around. But when it's like children who are sick and dying on the streets, oh, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. Even though it's a fraction of <laughs> the amount of money spent on all those things. No, we get, we get, we, I'm sorry. Like, it, it's very sad that the children are sick and dying uh, on the streets, but, uh, but we can't afford it. Um, and so it's, it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, I, no one thinks that the uh, the Bernie's version of the bill is going to pass, or whatever. But you need to you need to put up a fight. You need yeah. to. You need to show some leadership. I mean, and you need to sort of rally around an agenda that helps people because if not, you're just going to continue this kind of slide down that is going to end up in disaster. I mean, we're it, the asymmetry in American politics is something that's just striking to see is just the Republican Party just constantly more rabid going further to the right, and they're pulling the Democrats with them. I mean, that's the thing is like, because the Democrats see themselves as this kind of reasonable centrist party, if one party goes way to the right, they're going to go along where the center of gravity is. Um, and someone has to put a stop to that. Like someone has to stand up and say, no, we cannot continue doing this. I mean, we're, we, we are seeing a such a profound failure of leadership in this in this pandemic on every single level that it's going to create a instability in our politics that we just can't really comprehend right now we really can't imagine what it's going to look like in the next few years because everything is going to be so discredited and of course like the republicans are evil and the worst but Without a true opposition party, and now that the Democrats are going to take over the government, without a party that is willing to govern, that is willing to actually do things to help people, the effects can be disastrous. And, and you know, thank God we have people like Bernie, people like AOC who like stand up for basic, the most bare minimum that you could expect um a government to do but we're not sadly, talking about like breaking the up the minority. banks here nando we're just talking they're not even about, yeah they're not the basic bare minimum helping people in a fucking pandemic <laughs> the bare fucking minimum you know and the dems can't even do that i mean i just saw there's the news just broke right now that there's this new big spending bill uh to uh, this new bill to uh sell basically uh massive amounts of weapons to the United Arab Emirates. The Democrats were united in opposing it. They were going to be able to block it in the Senate. But Kristen Cinema and Representative Kelly from Arizona, the two senators from Arizona, have just broken rank and voted with the Republicans, As allowing always. the sale of arms to go As through always. to the UAE. Um, yeah. So that there you have it. The freaking Dems. Just That's corporate, spineless. Yeah. <laughs> That's your Democratic yeah. Party. Um, shouts to the libs. Uh, moving on, we want to talk about uh, <laughs> this mass worker strike in India. Uh, 250 million people on yeah. a worker strike for better wages, better working conditions. You know, <laughs> basically what all strikes come down to. Uh, Nando, man, this is this is historic. It's unprecedented. <laughs> It's really crazy. I mean, India, as we know, is a, is the second largest country in the world in terms of population. It's the largest democracy in the world. It has over a billion people. 250 million people are out on strike. That's a quarter of the population. It's a quarter billion people really out on strike. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it because neither of us are India experts. But the, 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 the big picture is that India is run by a guy named Narendra Modi, who is kind of like a Trump figure. He's like a sort of hyper nationalist guy who, you know, whips up kind of um, right wing xenophobic talking points and is kind of seen as a right wing populist. When in reality, he's just a, a trying to implement business friendly neoliberal reforms. And in September, he passed a couple laws through his parliament, which is controlled by his party, um, that basically 
deregulate both the agricultural sector and the labor sector, basically strip away regulations, make it easier for corporations to um, fix prices, to fire workers, to, you know, all that stuff. So it started off as like a big farmer strike, which is what what's interesting to me is that, you know, India uh, for many, many years had basically government instituted price controls uh, for farmers, you know, like they had a bare minimum um, price that they could sell their, their crops for. And of course, the big corporate um, agricultural companies hated that because they would want to uh, buy these crops for for cheaper. And so they deregulated that. And it's brought out 250 million people on strike, the largest strike in human history. Obviously, it's getting zero attention in the media. Um, zero. I mean, if you do a Google search, I mean, you might find articles in like the World Socialist Workers website uh, <laughs> and Jacobin. Um, nah. But it's not in it's not in any it's not in the New York media Times. Media not, not don't want to cover that and get. And get they're not going to cover that. Getting yeah. funny ideas like no. Yeah. yeah and you know the proof. Think about that, a protest you know? in Iran. Think about a protest in Iran or the protest in Hong Kong, which you know are legitimate protests. Don't get me wrong, but they wall to wall coverage, something like that. The largest strike, a quarter of a billion people. I mean, it's I I don't understand how how you can even wrap your mind around this. Not a single mention in the New York Times, not a single mention on CNN. It's just nowhere to be found in the corporate media. Yeah, and and proof of that, honestly, is when they called what the NBA players did um, during the a playoffs boycott. a boycott. That, that was a worker strike. That was a strike. Yeah, absolutely. They just, they're millionaires, but they're but they're they, workers at they, the same they're time. They're workers. That was yeah. a worker strike. We're not fucking picking up. We're not picking up the ball today. We're not working today. Yeah. Straight up and down, um, but they didn't want to frame it that way, and that's not by accident, people. That um, they don't they don't want you guys thinking that you know collectively getting together and exerting your power, um, is a good idea. No, 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 no. Stay placated in your little job and go to your cubicle and and play with your iPhone. That's what they want you to keep doing. They don't yeah. they don't want you thinking that. You have power. They don't want you yeah. thinking that. They they don't. And so they would never frame it like that in the media. And it doesn't surprise me that the biggest outlets have completely ignored the story. Um, but we thought we we should let you guys know about that. Yeah. And finally, guys, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about this, Nando, because last <laughs> week <laughs> last week we debuted a brand new segment ca- called Maybe Barry was kind of a douche and still is kind of a douche and was a douchey <laughs> guy and I don't know why everybody still loves him. So or something like that. Uh which is <laughs> which is a segment in which we we delve into Barry being kind of fucking annoying and just making us want to tear our freaking heads off. Um <laughs> this this comes to us courtesy of Jonathan Chait from New York yeah. Mag. Uh, John who is the chief chief Obama propagandist? He wrote a book about the Obama presidency, which was basically like that he was like the greatest president to ever live, and yeah, yeah. Jonathan so, Shane, friendly, is, friendly, friendly interview. He's just he's your centrist favorite centrist, right? Like he yeah. is he is as 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 centrist as it gets. But and this is a pretty long passage, so I do want to read to you. And 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 I mentioned that Barry came out the closet at the top of the show. But I'm going to read this passage to you guys. And this is Barry sort of talking about um, a leftward critique of his administration uh, and just the concept that they were too fucking neoliberal for their own good. And here goes Barry's quote. He says, 
And it's the combination of no-holds-barred free market ideology and Milton Friedman's arguments about shareholder value and the weakening of norms inside the corporate boardroom combined with foreign competition that starts unraveling that social compact. What is true is that there are a bunch of Democrats who start saying, well, yeah, maybe the free market can do it better. Maybe we don't need these regulations. And maybe unions are too stodgy and outdated and preventing increases in productivity. And the key is that we have to grow the pie and not just worry about dividing the pie. And then Ronald Reagan comes in, wins over a big chunk of those same a big chunk of those same workers in a coalition, despite doing everything he can to bust unions. And a bunch of Democrats think, "Look, this isn't going to work for us politically." And what's a fair criticism is the fact that through Clinton and even through how I thought about these issues when I first came into office, <laughs> I think there was a residual willingness to accept the political constraints that we inherited from the post-Reagan era. That you had to be careful about being too bold on some of these issues. Ugh. And probably there was an embrace of market solutions to a Ugh. host of problems that wasn't entirely justified. No Ladies shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have just witnessed Barack Hussein Obama coming out of two closets at once. Not only does one neoliberalism exist, he's acknowledging the existence of the ideology of neoliberal neoliberalism because yeah. that and, and for those of you who don't know like Amongst certain, I guess you could call it academic quarters, Nando. Like you know, the, the foofier people on the on in 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 um liberals would be like, oh, neoliberals just to, neoliberalism is just this like amorphous term that doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's bullshit. You guys are just talking. And what are you talking about? There's no such thing as neoliberalism. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> so there's a denial that neoliberal neoliberalism as an ideology even exists at all. And so Barry's like, no, it exists. And yes, I was neoliberalist. I was one neoliberal of neoliberal as fuck during my administration, Nando. So what what it basically is is <laughs> the the areas in which, broadly speaking, Republicans and Democrats agree on, which is mostly that market based solutions are the way forward for problems. That state the state cannot do anything to solve these things. That you better just leave it to the market to fix things. That's broadly speaking neoliberalism, and it's. And it's and it's and it's that wasn't the case that Democrats used to believe that before the late 1970s. Basically, Jimmy Carter is, is the, was the first Democrat to really mm -hmm. start that ideology, which is why he was challenged from his left by his own party in, in reelection. Ted Kennedy ran against him, a sitting president in his own party. It's as if Bernie ran against Obama in 2012. Yep. You know, it's the same thing. Um, Ted Kennedy, who was like, you know, he's not like some radical. He was just the, the sort of norm of the Democratic <laughs> right. Party at the time. Um, he was horrified by the Democrats' rightward turn. You know, and it's like in the 1980s when Reagan and, and Thatcher... Hold on, slow down, yeah. Nando. I want to explain Sorry. to people when we say... Because I had people... <laughs> Because I want to, I want to be a part of the the group of people who makes words have meaning again. Yeah. Um. I got yelled at by a bunch <laughs> of idiots because the Athletic launched a new vertical called Culture, yeah. and I said that it would be left of center sports coverage, essentially right. meaning center sports coverage is team transactions, game analysis, yeah. blah blah blah. This would be like human interest stuff, right? Like nothing to do with immigration or tax policy. Just like. 
left of center. Like, that's it. That's all that would mean in the sports context. And so when, when Nando says a rightward turn, people are going to hear you say that and think that means, oh, we want um, to cancel abortions or we, we love no. Jesus now. or Because that's what people consider right wing. No, right wing means the people who already have the power and the money, we want to keep it with them. That's yeah. all it means. That's what it means yeah. to be right wing, straight up and down. So when Nando says yeah. Jimmy Carter um, was shifting the Democrats right, it means they were pres- uh, sh- shifting the priorities of the party to yeah. the direction of the people who already had all the power and the influence anyway. That's yeah. what it means to be right wing. Continue, Nando. Sorry. Yeah. No, and and it's it's you know like Reagan and Thatcher who who basically ruled over the United States and the UK in the 1980s um, were radical right wingers even at the time they were considered radical right wingers by people in their own party. <laughs> yep. Like Nixon thought Reagan was like a right wing lunatic. Um, and if you watch this season of the crown, uh, you'll see that members of Thatcher's own party were like, Oh my God, what is this? What is this woman doing? She's fucking insane. Um, but they won, they won and they, and they sort of created a new normal. And like when Thatcher was asked after she, you know, years after her, uh, her primary ministership, what her greatest achievement was, she said, Tony Blair, right? Because it's and it, Tony Blair, who's broadly speaking, like the same, the, the sort of left uh, of center politician who ruled over the UK in the 1990s and early 2000s. Um, but he adopted all of her premises. Right. Same thing with the Democratic Party post Reagan. This is what Obama is talking about. They basically, this right wing lunatic took power in America. And then the Democratic Party was like, yeah, he's right about everything. We more or less agree with him on everything. And Bill Clinton was the product of that. He was a, like, he, Bill Clinton. 20 years before his presidency would have been considered a right-wing Republican. That is a fact. And he would have, he was to the right of Nixon. Like Bill Clinton was not to the left of Nixon. Bill Clinton was to the right of Nixon, you know, because the center of gravity in American politics shifted so dramatically to the right that even the left party um, went to the right. Right. Um, So yeah, Obama is basically admitting that. And then admitting that he... And can can we talk about, sorry to interrupt, Nando, can we talk about what he, and the important part is he talked about we don't want to fuck with trade unions. Those people yeah. don't get Are it. Bad. And I think and I think what you know and you know what the, the the dynamic is there is these let's face it cone-headed liberals who went to their nice schools are just yeah. like I'm sorry these union shop stewards like they're fucking lunkheads. They're ignorant. And they don't yes, watch Broad City like I do. Exactly. And yes, they, they might not want to go to the Met or the MoMA. And they probably say wicked things about Mexicans, Negroes, and gays when they're at their own dinner table at their house. Sure. <laughs> but let's face it. Trade unions delivered outcomes for normal people. Yeah. And I love this concept of growing the pie because Nando, the pie's fucking grown. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All we need the, to do the is size, grow the pie. The size of the U.S. economy has tripled <laughs> since 1980, <laughs> and median wages for the bottom 70 percent of people have gone down. Exactly, and the and the and the freaking argument these people were making, so all that went to the top, was not that corporations need to share more money with the people who work for them, is that no, we need to make more profit 
And then just more people just funnel in and all these college grads and we need to make these lucrative more jobs. And it's just like, that's not how this works. These motherfuckers yeah. make more money and they keep it. They keep but it. But for the fact <laughs> that somebody fights them for it. And if yeah. you're kneecapping the only other forces that were checking these people, you are kneecapping the trade unions at every single turn. And they're the only uh, freaking bulwark, or however the fuck you say that word, against corporate interests. It's over. Nobody is fighting them anymore. The government's yeah. sucking their dicks. Trade unions have no power. Now look at what we have. Record inequality. It's like, and Barry just came out and said, yeah, I was a fucking neoliberal yeah. scumbag. I was. I that was, was me. Sorry. <laughs> I had no way of knowing. <laughs> you know, like as if, as if these crit critiques weren't available at the time. I mean, oh, yeah. my goodness. That was incredible. No, I mean, it's the thing about Barry and the thing that's, I think that you and I, I mean, we don't mean to like, you know, harp on the guy too much. I mean, but the reason why we do and what we think it's important is because he's, he's smarter and more thoughtful than 99.9% .9 of these fucking dumbass Democrats who don't he know is. shit about anything. He you is. know, like Obama is very well-versed in history. Obama thinks about history. Obama thinks about his own place in history all the time. Like you think fucking Neera Tandon knows what the fuck she's talking about, about anything. No, she's an <laughs> idiot. Um, but Obama's not. Obama's a very smart guy. He like just... they wouldn't be wasting this much energy on Joe no. Biden, quite frankly. Like no, I, Joe I, Biden's I an idiot. <laughs> Joe Biden's an absolute idiot who just kind of goes with the flow. He doesn't yeah. know anything, and I, I Obama wouldn't. is clear that he doesn't that he that he understands things on a deeper level, that he thinks about things on a deeper level, that he that he can express himself in ways that are that are sort of unique to him. He's a very good writer. Like these are all all true. Um, and it's not true about any of these other dumbass Democrats because the face of the vast majority were just like super stupid. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, but, 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 but he doesn't, he can't, he can't go there. It's he like, can't bring he, himself, he, he can't should. bring himself he can't to say bring me himself and all my people were fucking dead wrong. He just not cannot just that, bring but, himself to do it. And he can't also, and he also can't bring himself to think that he had power. Right. He thinks he's like, he, that he can't. That he that he was just like you know this was just the the forces at the time and like you know instead of like I was the president the most powerful man on earth like the lesson that he should have taken from Ronald Reagan is that you can make power you can influence <laughs> shit if you're the fucking president you know like you can you can implement an agenda even if like there are forces arrayed against you you know that even if people are going to criticize you for it or whatever like you just go with it and then you make the new normal you wield power you you influence events like Obama was like. Oh wow. wow! That happened, huh? <laughs> Crazy, huh? You know, like wow. I wish it, you know, it didn't turn out that way. And it's like, dude, you were the Who president. Who was I'm that sorry. guy that occupied yeah. that office for eight years? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, I just found it fascinating. The media tour can, continues to be the gift yeah. that keeps on giving. I don't know when it'll, when it'll end, but yeah, it's giving <laughs> yeah. us great content for the woke bros. <laughs> and uh, it, it, we just couldn't go on, come on today, and not and not um, address Barry coming out the closet as neoliberal scum. Uh, and so that's our show for today. Uh, make sure you ch you're subscribed and, and and checking out the bomb feed, all of our other offerings, whether it be crazy, sexy, cool Wednesday services, growing up the same, um, the OG show, of course. Make sure you're listening to the Friday Mailbag.
the dad pod, Cinefold, you know, Pack man, the Nons. So man. much content. So, yeah, much, so count much content, the dings, baby. man. And of course, if you can, please, I know it's difficult times, but please become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. Support all and drives all the shit that we do um, around here, man. And so, Fernando Vila and Rob Lopez, I'm Wazi Lambre. We out of here. Peace.